Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another opportunity to study your word and to discuss um, the book of Revelation. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, as we approach your word, you give us understanding, give us insight, and give us revelation in your word. Grant us grace to walk in obedience to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so last week we ended with Revelation chapter 12. Um, yeah, last week we ended with Revelation chapter 12. And today we're going to start with chapter, chapter 13. So I discussed with Pastor Steve that we're going to... We're going to use the last Wednesday, which is the 10th yet, to... Um, have a questions and answer time and so we'll try to finish the book of Revelation in the next two weeks or if we're not able to finish in the next two weeks we'll leave like uh, we'll have like maybe one or two chapters to discuss on the 30th and then we can use the rest of the time to to um, answer questions and to have discussions on everything that we have um, covered in the book of Revelation so um today we are going to go straight into chapter 13 i believe well, we go to chapter 12 where we discuss the woman um said we said the woman was israel the woman's child was jesus christ satan attempted to um attack israel but then god is going to preserve israel and satan's attack will not be successful and then Satan will focus on trying to attack the people of Israel, the offspring or the remnant of Israel who accept the gospel. And so that was where we ended um, last week. We saw the ministry of the two witnesses as well last week and how their ministry was like the ministry of Moses and Elijah when they went when they went to any city or went to any country. And they are preach they are preaching in those countries when people attempted to attack them they can spit fire they can command sorry they can command fire to consume them they can um command that it should not rain they can command plague plagues on the on that city um and we saw how they were killed and finally they were raptured um, they resurrected and they were raptured in the sight of everyone so today we are going to start with revelation chapter 13. Right. Um, okay. All right. No, I will just read. I can't share my screen now, so I'll just read. Then I stood on the sun of the sea, and I saw a great beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and and on his horns were on his horns. On his ten, I'm sorry, on his horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth, mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power and his throne and a great authority. And I saw on one of his heads as if it had been wounded mortally. It has mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. 
So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was giving a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy and blasphemers and blasphemies and he was given authority to continue for 42 months then he opened his mouth in blaspheming against god to blaspheme his name his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given to him over every tribe tongue and nation all who dwell on earth will worship him whose name have not been written in the in the in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth if anyone has ear let him hear he who leads into captivity shall go into captivity he who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword here is the patience and fate of the saints right so the bible talks about the fact that First of all, in verse 13, um, John, John said he was standing, he was standing uh, on, on this, uh, by the seashore, and then he saw a beast arising out of the sea. Now, Looking at the location, um, location that um, John was having this vision on the Patmos Island, um, we could tell the direction of which sea that he was standing, exactly where he was standing, based on um, the where the Patmos Island uh, was. And he said, "He, I saw a great beast rising out of the sea." Now this is very. Um, okay. All right. All right, so this is very um, very similar to what Daniel saw in the book of Daniel, um, Daniel chapter 7, and I'm going to read that briefly. So John is saying that then I stood on the sea, on the sand of the sea, and I saw a great beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on its on his horns, ten crowns. So, very similar to what um, Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 7. So, I'm just going to read uh, part of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7 briefly. And we, we can do a comparison of what Daniel saw and what um, John um, is telling us in the book in, in chapter 13. So, Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to read from verse 2. So, Daniel says... In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm. No, let me switch to the New King James. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven are stirring up the great sea. The four great beasts came up, and four great beasts came up from the sea. So Daniel is saying, four great beasts came out from the sea. And John is saying, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea. So in Daniel's vision and in John's, in, 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 in John's revelation, they all saw the beast coming out of the sea. Now, we'll 
the reason why that is important is because of the interpretation that was given to Daniel's vision. And so I want us to note that they all saw the beast coming out of the sea. So Daniel saw four great beasts coming out of the sea, each of them, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and and had eagle wings. I watched till the wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it and suddenly another beast a second like a bear it was raised up on one side and had three ribs now i'm just going to i'm not going to read to verse 8 let me just go to daniel let me just go to verse 17 now and then read from verse 21 as well um verse 17 says that those great beasts which are four are four kings which will rise out of the earth. Now, that is that interpretation that was being given to Daniel. When you read from verse 15, Daniel said, I was given my spirit within my body and the vision of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts which are four, are four kings which will arise out of the earth. So in the vision, Daniel saw the beast coming out of the sea, but then the interpretation that was given to the vision was that these are four kings who are going to come out of the earth. And so the Antichrist, the beast that we are talking about here, the vision that um, John has, John is telling us here, similar to that of Daniel, the beast is coming out of the sea. So the beast is coming out of of the earth like in the case of daniel now in verse 21 i was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the ascent of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the most high and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom thus he said the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth which shall be different from all other kingdoms. It shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. Ten, the ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from the kingdom, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and he shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall execute shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law and the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and a half and half a time that is three and a half years but the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume it and destroy it forever the, and then the kingdom and dominion and the kings and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole earth shall be given and the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the to the people, the saints of the Mosai. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. And this is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept this matter in my heart. So it has been explained. In Daniel's vision, the beasts were coming out of the sea. In John's vision, the the beast the beast was coming out of the sea, and it may it means that the beast will be coming out of the earth. Now we've seen the heads and the crowns. The heads are, are seven kingdoms. The crowns are seven kings who are going to because it says seven horns with seven crowns. The seven kings who are going to support the antichrist system or who are going to support 
the beast system. And he says that on his head was blasphemous name, like in, in, in the vision that Daniel saw, the, saw the beast with blas, saying blasphemous things. It's the same thing here that um, Daniel, um, that John is also talking about. We saw the animals in, in the case of Daniel, sim, similar to what John is talking about. John saw a leopard, he saw um, a bear, and he saw, um, and his mouth was the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him power, gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So in verse in chapter six, Revelation chapter six, we saw that the Antichrist was coming on a white horse, but he did not have a crown. The Bible tells us that a crown was given to it. So the Antichrist did not have a crown. A crown was given to the Antichrist. So the Bible is telling us here that the dragon gave him his power, gave him his, his throne, and gave, gave him great authority. So the beast itself did not have any power, but the dragon, which is Satan, gave the beast the crown, which is the throne, and gave him power, and gave him great authority as well. And so I saw one of the heads as it was. As it was, it has been, um, sorry, it has been mortally wounded. Now, some have said that this is... Um, this meant that the Antichrist was going to die and resurrect again. But then we saw that the, the head actually represents kingdom, even in Daniel's vision. So those kingdoms that are going to support the Antichrist, one of them is going to drop, drop off or one of them is going to um, fall off and shall be replaced. When you read Daniel, Daniel talks about the same thing that is going to happen. And so it's not that the Antichrist is going to die and then um, resurrect again. And, and, and that will cause people to worship him. But people will begin to see the greatness of... The, people will begin to see that the Antichrist is becoming very powerful, very great. And they think that, oh, this guy has all authority or he has some powers. And so they will begin to serve him. So that when you read further, we will come to that. And verse 5 says, and his mouth was... And he was given to... And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemous things. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. That's three and a half years. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. To blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell on earth. And so this is the last three and a half years where the Antichrist um, has broken his treaty with Israel. And then is, has, is, is sitting in the temple of God as, as God and demanding that the people should worship him. And so that he will start blaspheming against God and blaspheme the temple of God, blaspheme the people of God uh, and the holy city, which is Jerusalem as well. So it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. So we saw in the previous, I think in chapter 11, how when the, um, the two witnesses finished their ministry, they, they, were, uh, they were killed at that time. And I believe it was going to be through the agency of the Antichrist or through the, the beast himself. And the two witnesses will be killed, but then they will resurrect again. But the only time they were killed was because they had completed their uh, ministry. They had finished their ministry. And so a lot of, like we have also read in, in the book, that a lot of people, a lot of the saints were going to be killed because of, they were going to be martyred because of their faith. But all these things does not mean that Satan has taken control over the earth. But what it means is that God allowed these things to happen. We know that everything that was happening on earth was as a result of the opening of the seals, which means that it was heaven that is allowing these things to happen. And so even during the tribulation, it does not mean that Satan will have 
um, control over the earth and do whatever he wants with the earth. But it is God permitting Satan. So God is still in control. God is still in charge of all the things that are happening. He only allows it to happen. So we see that when a seal is open, then people begin to die. And then wars begin to happen. It does not mean that Satan has taken control over the earth. No. Satan does not take, he will never take control over the earth. He will never have control over the earth till the return of Christ. But all these things, God is still in charge and allowing that to happen. Now, somebody will say, why would a loving God allow these things to happen? The way God loves the earth. But we should know that during the tribulation, it is a time for the release of God's judgment on the earth. And so that is judgment that is taking place. And so it will start from one, uh, one point and continue to get worse till the return of Jesus Christ. And so that is what is happening, but Satan never has control over the earth and he will never have total control over the earth. Amen. So then he opened his mouth and um, his mouth in blaspheme against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. An authority was given to him over every tribe tongue and nation and all who dwell on earth will worship him whose name are not in uh, have not been written in the book of life right now this one um here in verse 8 the bible says and all who, who dwell on earth will worship him it does not mean that everyone on earth is going to worship the beast because we know um that some people will rise up against the beast and will fight against the beast some nations will resist and will fight against the beast. So even though he's going to demand the earth, he's going to demand worship, a lot of people on the earth are going to worship him. But it does not mean that everyone on earth at that time is going to worship the Antichrist. Because we know that some nations will rise up against him. And that we can see that in the book of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 40. Um, Verse 40 to 45, and I'm going to read that. So if anyone has here, let it hear what the Spirit says. So I'm just going to read Daniel to explain this point, and then we can um, move from, we can move forward. So Daniel chapter 11, verse 40, um, 40 to 45. Okay. Um. Okay, at the time of the end, at the time of the end of the king, uh, sorry, at the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him. So we know that the king of the south shall attack him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariot, horsemen, and with many ship, the king of the north. Um, okay, all right. I was going to, okay, let's just move on. He shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious land, as that is Jerusalem, and make many and many countries shall be overthrown, but they shall escape from his hand. Edom, Moab, and prominent people of Ammon, sorry Ammon. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of the of gold, silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. Also, the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. But the news from the east, so we know, the news from the east and the north shall trouble him. 
Therefore, he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate them. So there are some, again, the Bible is telling us from verse 44, that there's news that will come from the east, that is a location, and the north, that is also another location, shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go to those locations, the east and the north, which are countries, based on where Daniel was having um, the revelation. He, he um the east and the north will refer to certain countries and certain locations in in, in in our modern day. So, Bible says that the news from those two locations are going to trouble him. Therefore, he shall go out with great fury to destroy and alienate them. So, this the east and the north shall not be under his control. He will not have control over the east and the north because those two people will conspire together to come against him. And he shall plant the tent of his um, palace between the, the seas. And the glorious holy mountain. Yet, again, um, seas are mentioned here. We know Daniel was having this vision. Also, uh, I'm sorry, John was also having this vision at a location which had the sea as well. So, in in, in Daniel's revelation, he also says that he shall plant his tent, his tent of the uh, the palace between the seas and the glorious holy. Land. So this between the seas and the glorious holy land, that particular location is where he is going to be situated. Yet he shall come to his end, and no one will help him. Anytime that the Bible talks about the Antichrist, it talks about his end, that he will also come to an end, and he will not um, have any help, or he will be destroyed. He will not. Whatever his intentions are, are not going to succeed. So there are certain locations that has been given us. If we look at the book of Daniel, chapter eleven. Um, and compare that to what the vision that John saw. So the aspect that is talking about um, the Antichrist. So the, I mean, the point I was trying to make from reading Daniel chapter 11 was that he wouldn't have control over all the earth. It doesn't mean that everybody on earth was going to worship him. But most people on earth were going to worship him. Even verse 8 says that all who dwell on earth will worship him whose names are not written in the book of. So those whose names are not written in the book of life. So it does not uh, mean that everybody was going, is going to um, worship him because we see that the people from the east and from the north were going to um, have some conspiracy against the, um, the Antichrist. Right, so from verse 11 to verse 18 of Revelation chapter 13, the Bible says that then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamp and spoke like a dragon and he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth all those who dwell in it to worship the first beast who whose deadly wound was healed he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived he was granted power to give bread to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as will not worship the image of the beast to be killed he causes all he causes all both small and great rich and poor 
free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast on their or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. It is the number of a man, and his number is 666. All right. Very popular 666. So the Bible says that now another beast comes out. Bible says that this is another beast who is coming up. And for the Bible says, when the Bible says um, the word used here is also the same as another beast of the same kind. Now, this beast that we are talking about here is the false prophet. And so we have seen the Antichrist, we have seen Satan, and we have seen the Antichrist. So they form a trinity, an evil trinity. Now, this um, the false prophet will also perform great signs and wonders. Will be doing things that will cause people to believe um, in, 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 in the Antichrist the more. The Bible says that he will exercise all, all the authority of the first beast in his presence and cause the whole earth who dwell in to worship the first beast. And so this false prophet will, will lure people, will tell lies, deception, as the Bible tells us, the son of perdition, or um, in Daniel, he says that he will cause um, deception to prosper. And so um, the, the false prophet will, by false... Um, signs deceive a lot of people who are living on the earth to begin to worship the beast. He, he will do a lot of wonders. And Bible says that he will even cause the image of the beast to be able to speak. And so the image of the beast will be able to speak. And so um, I'm trying to find a verse 14 says that and he deceived those who dwell on the earth by those signs which was granted to granted to do in the sight of the beast telling those who dwell on earth to make so he's he's like an evangelist or who's like a spokesman for the beast he's the one convincing people to follow the beast and he says that bible says that telling all those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and to lead to by the sword and lived he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as will not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And so it appears as if the image of the beast was going to be everywhere. And when people don't worship the image of the beast, somehow it is going to be known that people don't worship the image of the beast and they are going to be arrested and they are going to be killed. So this false prophet will keep telling, will uh, be announcing the beast, making the beast popular, telling people to worship the beast, telling people to um, bow to the image, to make an image that is create an image of the beast and to worship the image of the beast. And so a lot of people are going to worship the image of the beast. And the Bible says in verse 17 that no one, so he caused the people to accept a mark either on their hand or on their forehead. And the Bible says that um, he calls all, verse 16 says, he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may sell, may buy or sell, except one who has the mark 
of the name of the beast. And so they take control of our commerce that is buying and selling. That if you don't have the mark of the beast, you are not going to be sold. It's not going to be sold to you. Or you're not, you will not be able to buy. So at that time, there will be food rationing. And at that time, because of scarcity, uh, these people of the, the system of the beast, which is the dragon, the, um, the false prophet, and the antichrist, are going to have control over commerce. Because know that the antichrist has become powerful and has become a leader. And they are powerful kingdoms who have given their support, who have declared their support to their um to the anti um to they have declared their support to the, to the antichrist, and so he's he has become very powerful in the world of commerce, and then he tells people that listen, you have to take a mark, you have to take an identity. If you don't take that identity, we are nobody's gonna sell to you, you cannot buy from anyone. Now, a lot of people, a lot of us have, have been, um, we have been so concerned about what this 666 is or who the 666 is. We have been trying to, um, people have made some predictions. Oh, it's that, it's that person, it's this person. People are trying, anyone who comes up with some um, attitude or behavior, then people will say, oh, this is the Antichrist. He is going to be the Antichrist. I mean, we've had that happen over and over again. People predicting somebody to be the Antichrist. But when we read the book of Thessalonians, it tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. Now, if the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work, there are operations of that spirit that is already taking place. We have to know, we have to, what we have to understand is the operations of the Antichrist. Because that spirit is already working. Now, it is important that believers identify the things that the Antichrist are going to do. And as long as we are here on earth, we pray against those things and don't allow those things to take place. And so any attempt to force people into serving anything or worshipping anything or bowing down to anything as believers, that is one of the operations of the Antichrist. Deception. Because he he's called us, uh, um, he he's going to cause deception to to prosper. As believers, being the light and the salt of this world, we have to identify the operations of the antichrist, the operations of the spirit of the antichrist, and pray against those things. That is our responsibility. As to who the antichrist is, the spirit we we saw that it was a man until the devil gave him the throne and gave him the crown. So it can be any person. And so let's not get ourselves involved in, oh, trying to predict, try anyone who comes up, uh, that will be the Antichrist. A lot of people have even, they have written wonderful articles explaining how they got the first six, the second six, and the third six. That is linked to somebody's name. That is linked to somebody's throne. That is linked to somebody's um, um, leadership in some somewhere. But... I think that what we, what we should concern ourselves about is to understand the operations of the Antichrist. The things that the spirit of the Antichrist is doing. Because the spirit of the Antichrist will come and will be um, a false spirit that will appear like the spirit of Christ. Because he is coming on a white horse. Like Christ will be coming on a white horse. So we have to understand the activity of the Antichrist through the scriptures. Through what the Bible is saying. And as long as we are here on earth, we have to ensure that the acti those activities do not prosper and those activities do not come to pass. That is, I believe that is what we should concern ourselves more with. 
and not trying to find out who that person is. That person can be any person because the devil, the spirit is going to finally rest on that person and the devil is going to give the power to that person to become um, the leader. And the Bible has given us a lot of pointers to, um, to the operations of the Antichrist. And I think that one, they are going to hate Jesus Christ. They are, um, they are going to be blasphemous against Jesus Christ. They're going to force people into false religion. De- deception is going to prosper. And they are, they are going to try to hijack commerce and force people to people who buy and sell to do a, a particular. So some of these operations, as long as we are here on earth as believers, I think that that's what we should pray against. When we identify those operations going on, because Bible has told us that the spirit is already at work. So as long as we're here, the Antichrist cannot take over. The Antichrist cannot be revealed until we are taken away. And so as believers, let us be more concerned about trying to identify the operations of the Antichrist and praying that those operations will not prevail. And I believe that should, that is what we should uh, be more focused on. And the person in due time, the person of the Antichrist will be revealed. Amen. So we have seen the false prophet here who is promoting um, the religion of the Antichrist and causing people to bow. So there's first an attempt to take over commerce. First, the first attempt here we see is that is kingdoms who came to support the Antichrist. That is government. So the Antichrist win uh, win some governmental power and and he has kingdoms who are supporting him then he takes over comments that okay nobody buy and sell until they take the mark then he takes over religion then he says that everybody should worship him everybody should bow to his name and images are made gods are images are made at places that people have to bow down to and if you are not bad again one of the things we see is the antichrist is forcing people to worship him <clears throat> so whenever we see those operations in certain countries that <clears throat> people are the the head of state or the leader of that country is forcing people to worship him and to bow to some sort of image those are the things that believers have to pray against because obviously that is the operation of the Antichrist. And so that is the operation of the spirit of the Antichrist. So we have to, we don't have to allow those things to prosper as long as we are here on earth. We have to destroy all those operations of the Antichrist. Amen. Revelation chapter 14, the Bible says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamp standing on the mount Zion, and with him one hundred and forty. 4,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads and I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters and like the voice of a loud thunder and I heard the sound of halves playing their harp. They sang as it were a new song before the throne before the four living creatures and the elders and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. They were, one, they were the ones who were not defiled with women, for they were virgins. And they were, and sorry, these are the ones who follow the lamp wherever he goes. They were redeemed from among men, being first fruit to God and to the lamp. And their mouth was 
in their mouth was found no deceit and they were for they are without fault before the throne of God so this is telling us about the rapture of the 4000 144000 um, Jewish evangelists that we saw earlier on in chapter 7 that um once the church is taken away God brings in the 144000 now the church being present here is the main agent for spreading the word of God to the rest of the world. So one of the main responsibilities of the church is to spread the word of God. So any one of us who is part of the church has a responsibility to spread the word of God, to tell people about Jesus Christ. But once the church is raptured, God brings in the 144,000 Jewish people and the two witnesses. Later we'll see that angels will also come in to help with the spreading of the word of God. Now, once the church is taken away, God brings in this 144,000 who are going to share the gospel and the two witnesses. You see, anytime there is the sharing of the gospel, it should remind us of God's grace, his mercy, and his desire to save man. For God to allow the gospel to be shared during the tribulation, it is God who is still extending grace to the people living in that period. So for God to bring this 144,000 people to share the word of God means that at that time, he still had the desire for the people to be saved. The Bible says, like Paul said in Romans, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So as long as God is still allowing the gospel to be shared, then it means God is still stretching out his hand to deliver people and to save them. So once the church is taken away, the 144,000 people and the two witnesses begin their ministry. They begin to talk about, um, begin to warn people of the tribulation, um, continue to spread the gospel, and a lot of people come to salvation. So here, we see the rapture of the 144,000 people. We see them um, before the throne of God. And this is the description that is given to them, that these are the ones who have not defiled, who have not been defiled with women for their virgins. They are the ones who follow the lamp wherever he goes, they are redeemed from among men, being first fruit to God. So the other, again, we saw that um, in verse 7, sorry, in chapter 7, the Bible says that this 144,000 people were sealed on their forehead. And we see the Antichrist also replicating the same thing, sealing people on their forehead and on their right hand. But these people had the seal of God on their forehead. And because they had the seal of God, they were exempted from everything that was going on on earth. They could not be harmed by the things that were going on on earth. God preserved and provided for them. And so these are the first, Bible says, now this 144,000 people appear before the throne of God and they are in the presence of God. Bible says they have been redeemed from the earth. They are the first fruit unto God, the first fruit of the tribulation unto God and in the amount there was no deceit because this hundred and forty four people uh thousand people have been delivered they have been saved as well no sin is brought against them there is no charge against them they are pure and they have been made whole now I just want to read this chapter again in um this verse in Corinthians where um second Corinthians chapter Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 
verse 2. Paul says, For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. So these people have no charge against them. Because they have accepted Jesus Christ, they have been, they have been um, declared as people who don't have any sin. They don't have any filth at all. They are holy and they are um, unblemished before God because they accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the Bible says that in, in, in verse 6 of chapter 14, the Bible says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on earth, to every nation, tribe, and tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heavens and earth, the sea and the spring of water. So we see an angel again. We see um, an angel um, spreading the gospel, telling the people of all the earth, or like Jesus Christ said, that this gospel must be preached in all the earth and everybody must hear it before the end comes. And so everything that is happening now, is it's a build up to the final, um, to the return of Christ, to the final war of the war for Magdon. Everything else, everything that is happening right from this chapter, this um Right from chapter 13 onwards, it is talking about the like the final part of the tribulation, the final part of everything that is going to happen. And so we see an angel who is going out there and sharing the gospel, telling people that they should repent, give glory to God. And then um, again, we see God giving man an opportunity to repent. But at this point, some people, a lot of people have taken the mark of the beast. Those guys cannot repent. And the few people who are left still they have we see an angel trying because after after the after the ministry of this angel, we saw uh, uh we'll see that there's going to be a harvest. So that is the final harvest. That is the the last flight to heaven. All those who miss the last flight are going to face the wrath. The wrath of God at the final hour. So we see again. Um, the reason why I'm pointing out this is that Revelation is not necessarily a book of doom, trying to say that everything is finished. But you see in Revelation that God is still giving man an opportunity to repent. At this point, those who have not repented are hardened people who have decided that they are not going to repent. They have rejected the salvation that God has provided through Christ because the Bible tells us, when we read chapter 7, the Bible says, And I saw a great multitude before the throne. It tells us that a lot of people who are, we are preaching to right now, they will not accept it. At the tribulation, a lot of them will repent. But there are, few people, there are some people who will decide that they, they will not repent at all costs, even though God has extended his hand. So many times to reach out to these people, they are going to blaspheme against God. They are going to reject God. At that point, there is nothing else that God can do for these people. And the reason why God is just to judge any man is because God has given every man a free will. God has made man a free moral agent. Man can decide to choose right or wrong. And that is why God will have to judge man. 
And that is, that is why every attempt to force people into any religion is an activity of the Antichrist. It's not an activity of Christ. It's not an activity of God. Such activities we have to pray against. Anything that is forcing people to bow down to worship, that is not how God operates. God allows man to decide, but he keeps on stretching his arm of invitation to man. What we have to do as people of God, as we are still here, is to stretch that hand. I mean, invite more people, as many people as we can, to come into the kingdom, to accept the gospel. We have to tell as many people as possible. Because that is the heart of God. Because he keeps giving them an opportunity to be saved. The angel comes and then we see another angel in verse 8. Then another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen. Is falling that great city because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And a third angel followed, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast, his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire, with brimstone, in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they shall have no rest, night or day, who worship the beast and his mark, his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. So we see one angel telling the everlasting gospel to all the nations we see another angel declaring judgment to babylon that babylon has fallen another angel comes in warning the people that nobody should take the mark of the beast if you take the mark of the beast then you are going to um, experience the full wrath of god and he describes hell he says he shall be tormented anyone who takes the mark shall be tormented that is they are going to this is hell. It is talking about hell here. He shall be tormented with fire, with brimstone, in the presence of his holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascend forever and ever. And they have no rest, no rest, day and night. It's not like they will go to hell, you will be in hell, and then you will have 30 minutes break to cool off. He says they will have no rest, day and night, who worship the beast, his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. And so we see that angels have different assignments. One angel comes preaching everlasting gospel. One angel comes declaring judgment. The third angel comes warning the people that you should be careful. If you take the mark of the beast, that is the end for you. You are going to, be, you are going to receive the full wrath of God and punishment in hell. And so we see that um, and every angel had their ministry had their message that they were bringing. And so in, in chapter 17, we are going to talk about the fall of Babylon. This is um, a false religion. Um, when the Bible talks about um, fornication, it is referring to oh, uh, oh, idolatry, um, adultery. It is talking about when the people of God stop following God and, and they follow another um Another deity, another thing that calls itself God or another religion. And so there's from the form, from Babylon here, this is telling us there's going to be some sort of religion that a lot of people are going to follow after. And so when the Bible talks about fornication here, which is going to repeat in um, 
chapter 17, it's talking about um, rejecting Jesus Christ, rejecting God's provision for salvation, and following after, following after other gods. And so, um, okay. All right. Yeah, I wanted to make sure. Yes. So I'm going to read again um, from chapter 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandment of God and have faith of Jesus Christ. Then I heard a voice from heaven to me. Right. Blessed are the dead who died in the Lord from now on. Yes, say the spirit that they may rest from their labor and their works follow them. Then I looked and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a crown, a golden crown, and his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of his temple, crying out, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud. Trust into your sickle and rip, for the time has come for you to rip, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he's, he who sat on the cloud, trust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was ripe. That is the harvest. Christ doing the first harvest. That is harvesting the final, this is the final, this is the last flight. Anyone who missed this flight is doomed. Anyone who missed this flight is facing the full wrath of God. This is the last fight. Like I said, don't make up your mind that you want to go with either the second or the third or the last flight. As you have the as you have the opportunity opportunity now as a child of God, make up your mind that when Jesus is going to rapture the church, when he appears in the cloud now, make up your mind that you're going to live a life that is worthy of your calling as a believer. Worthy of your confession. So that when the earth is raptured, when Jesus Christ raptures the earth, before the beginning of the tribulation, you'll be raptured with the saints. That should be our heart desire. But that does not mean that we are going to sit down not doing anything. We'll continue to share the gospel until Jesus Christ comes. Until he, he comes to take over, um, to take or to rapture those who belong to him. We have to continue sharing the gospel. And make sure that everyone hears the gospel. So I'm going to read. Uh, I'll try to read chapter 15 as well. Because it's very short. Then another angel came out of the temple. Which is in heaven. And he's also, he also has a sharp sickle. Now that is. I, we saw Jesus Christ who did the harvest of the believers. Now this is also another harvest. But this is not a harvest of believers. This angel also has a sickle. But that's not a harvest of believers. Let's read. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire. And he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Trust in... So the first one who harvested was Jesus Christ. But this harvest is an angel. Trust into in your, your sharp sickle and gather the cluster of the vine of the earth. And her graves are fully ripe. So the angel trust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth. And threw it into a great vine press of the wrath of God. So this particular harvest is not a harvest that is going to heaven, but this harvest was thrown into the great vine press. We have saw the description of hell 
already, which is the full wrath of God. So this particular harvest that took place, it was harvested and put in the wrath of God. And the vine press was trampled outside the city, and the blood came out of the vine press up to the horses of the horses, the uh, bread uh, bridles for a thousand six hundred and furlongs. Okay, um, I, I I wanted to read the story, um, the passage that talks about um, the the wheat and then the tares. I mean, the point I was I was going to make there was that both the wheat and the tares are going to be harvested. So Christ came, comes in to do his final harvest. And then an angel comes in to also do the harvest of the people. And this is a description of what is going to take place in the subsequent chapters we are going to read. So this vision describes the final war or the war of Armageddon where people are going to be finally judged, thrown into the lake of fire. And so this um, chapter just describes what is going to take place at that time. And so in verse 15, Bible chapter 15, the Bible says, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. So this is like the final judgment, the final wrath of God that is going to be released. And they are called the seven bowls. And in chapter 16, we are going to talk about the seven bowls. So this chapter 15 is giving us an introduction of chapter 16 and what is going to take place in chapter 16 when the final wrath of God is released or when the wrath of God is complete. So we saw um, the seven seals and the seven seal had seven trumpets on seven angels and then we, we finally we are seeing seven bowls. So we have seen seven, seven, seven. Complete, complete, complete. And then we have seen six, six, six which is a six, six, six in um, the people who believe in numerology have said that it's a number of incomplete or incompleteness. So we even see that the mark of the beast, which is 666, is an incomplete, whatever, incomplete oppression, incomplete kingdom, incomplete evil desire that it, they will not succeed. It will not take place. It will not, um, whatever plans they had to take over the world, become world leader, it will not happen. It will not take place. It's a failed agenda. Amen. So, we should not be so much interested in the who 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 that person is because that person is already a failure set up to fail whatever the person does it will not succeed because it's incomplete now and i say some and i saw sorry and i saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire and those who have the victory over the beast over his image over his mark over the number of his name standing on the on the sea of glass. So that's the final harvest that took place. Having had um, halves of God, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And so here we see them singing the song of Moses. So the song of Moses is the song that people sang when they were delivered out of Egypt. And so the Bible says, these guys here um, are singing the song, the song of Moses. The Bible says, um, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of kings, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgment have been manifested, 
After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. And out of the temple came seven angels, having seven plagues, clothed in white, bright linen, and having their chests gathered with golden bands. Then one of the four living creatures, you know, we've saw, we saw these four living creatures in uh, Revelation chapter 5. And then one of the four living creatures gave, gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls, full of the wrath of God, who lives forever. The temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of God and from, the, from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So we see the temple in heaven here. Now, I think we, um, from what we, uh, we learned earlier, we, we know that there is a temple in heaven. And that's why God was very particular about the, the, the uh, um, description he gave Moses. It was just, we, we see in the book of Hebrews that it's just a replica of the temple in heaven. And the Bible tells us that this temple was, the door was open and the final wrath, the full wrath of God is being, being released on the earth. In chapter 16, we'll see the seven bowls of the wrath of God. That is like the final judgment of the earth. And then we'll see the most, for me, the most exciting part of Revelation for me it's when we see heaven, the description of heaven and the people of God rejoicing and the church rejoicing with God in heaven, which we are going to see in chapter 19 to chapter 22. So next week, um, we're going to do, uh, we're going to deal with 16 to um, 18, maybe, and then we'll do 19 to 22. And then the last week will be for questions. So if you have any question, you can write it down. We use the last Wednesday to address questions and to have discussions on the book of Revelations. Amen. All right, shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the wonderful privilege to study your word. We ask, O oh God, that you continue to prepare us, O oh God. Oh God, make us ready, Father, for, for, for your second coming. Make us ready, O oh God. For the day that you're going to appear in the, in, the, in, the, in the clouds, that we will not be missing out of the number in the name of Jesus. Give us a heart, desire, and a passion to go out there and to share the gospel with everyone. We pray in Jesus' mighty name for the boldness to declare the good news to all the earth. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, I'll hand over to Pastor Steve.